It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Podcast, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks coming your way, presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. And Elliot, it is hard to believe that this week, mere days mm-hmm. away, we're gonna be watching the Eagles play a football game, Elliot. It's it's pretty wild, man. Like, I gotta email this week with the schedule of the Eagles availability. It was a regular season format. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I can't believe it's really here. I mean, it's just, it's so exciting. I'm even, I'm excited to drive to FedEx field. That's how you know that like, I'm excited for the start of the season. Cause FedEx field is probably the worst stadium in the whole league. But man, I mean, like we were talking about doing a preview pod this week. Uh, so I think we probably feel more excited about it returning than we do the actual game, which is probably unfortunate, but yeah, I think both, I think both I'm more optimistic. We'll get to that later in the week. Ultimately today, I want to get into some season predictions. There's also a ton of news to get to quickly before we dive in though. Uh, first of all, shout out to the amazing go birds listeners. We'll get some reviews later, but they've been awesome. Uh, everyone has been super awesome about, um, about sending in reviews and all that. And we also found out that, uh, one of our listeners got married this weekend. So shout out yes. to the amazing Aaron. How about that? Pretty neat, huh? Very exciting. Very exciting. I appreciate him listening. Appreciate him tweeting. Uh, you know, I mean, he didn't toss us the invite, but I guess in, you know, a socially distanced world, that's understandable. But yeah, I was not good. expecting maybe, maybe it. For the Con- one, maybe for the one year uh, anniversary. We considering get this is the first time I found out about the wedding and it had already happened. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Uh, either okay. way, Aaron, uh, happy wedding. That is very cool. And uh, go birds. All right, uh, E, let's dive in. We got so much to get to as uh, it was a action-packed Labor Day weekend of news. Let's start with, by far, in my opinion, the biggest news of it all. And um, we really didn't know how it was going to play out. We flip-flopped. We've gone back and forth. But apparently... Jason Peters, Elliot. He's a left tackle again. Thank the Lord, Elliot. Back where he belongs. Uh, maybe not in the smoothest of ways, though. So I know that we've talked about this on a few pods, and we've been on different sides of this. You now hate Jason Peters after a lifelong Eagles fan of him being the bodyguard, right? I was on the side of, like, go get that money. I respect it. This whole thing, though, like, nobody comes out of this looking good. Nobody like this. What has happened today? Now, ultimately, yes, the team is better for having Jason Peters at left tackle. I think he's a better left tackle than Cordy Glenn. I think he's a better left tackle than Andre Dillard. 
But this whole way it played out is embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing for Jason Pierce. It's embarrassing for the team. So Doug comes out on Monday, uh, you know, at the beginning of his availability, and he says, oh, by the way, Jason Peters is going to be my starting left tackle. He informed me this morning that that would be the case. And he talked about <laughs> Doug, you know, Jason walking into the office and telling him. And, you know, I've been thinking about it all day. For those that don't know, this is a— uh, kind of a, a, you know, go birds after dark. We're recording at night. We don't normally do that. So I've had all day to kind of stew about this. And the best way I can describe it is I can't describe it as well as their own words. So I pulled two quotes and I want you to just see how embarrassing this is. So the first quote last week, he's asked, you know, kind of why aren't you moving Jason Peters from right guard to, to left tackle? And Doug Peterson goes, He's worked well with Lane when Lane has been out there. He's working great with Jason Kelsey. Kelsey has a comfort level there with him. The thing is, if we end up moving too many spots, especially this late into camp, it can disrupt some timing up front. Those guys need to be in sync. One week later, I was just thrilled to death when uh, he shared this. <laughs> like, so what it, so look, I understand, and I'm not naive to the fact that head coaches, GMs, players, like they're not honest to the media. That doesn't mean they're liars. It just means it doesn't behoove them to be honest, right? But to do this whole show of saying, like essentially insulting, you know, like the the fans and, and everyone following the team, trying to convince us that you honestly believed Peters was a better right guard than left tackle. And then Peters comes in, at least this is how they're selling it. Peters comes in and says, yeah, you know what? I'll play left tackle. And then they do this whole thing about how much he loves the team and what a team first guy he is. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I don't I don't like how this happened. I think it's a bad look for Jason. I think it's a bad look for the team. I do believe Jason should have tried to get his money. He's not going to get that. Like, nobody wins out of this, except maybe Carson Wentz because he's a better left tackle. But this whole thing is just ridiculous to me. Yeah, look, it's asinine. I said it in the moment. It was asinine. And again, like for it to end this way where just the whole thing could have just been avoided if we had just come to this conclusion from the beginning, mm -hmm. the one that we all thought that they would get to or had to get to, especially because like it was just so ridiculous. The whole thing was so ridiculous. And look, ultimately, at the end of the day, they are a better team now with Jason Beers left tackle and, and likely prior at guard than they were trying to figure out someone who's never played left tackle before yeah. in their entire life play yeah. left tackle. Yeah, it's a better situation, but it's so ridiculous. And look, it also it makes Doug Peterson look like a fool. I mean, it does. The, I it mean, does. that answer from last week talking about not wanting to move guys around, and that's why they're keeping Jason at right guard, and he's working well at right guard, and all that utter BS is embarrassing, Elliot. You're right. Like, you look at it and you say, that is an embarrassing situation for this team. But again, like, brass tacks, Jason Peters at left tackle is better than Jason Peters at right guard in this situation. No, so the other thing I was thinking about today was, like, when Andre Dillard went down, and I'm sure we recorded a pod between when Dillard went down and when Peters' kind of request came out, like, I said, and I still feel it, and what you just said, they're better at left tackle. I agree. Like, they are better at left tackle now. But I would be lying to myself if, like, the way this played out over the last week didn't make me sour just a little bit on how this is going to work out. First of all, you've essentially wasted, like, four or five practices of Peters at right guard when he just would when like, he's just going to end up being the left tackle anyway. You know, so, like, you, yeah, you wasted Yeah, when Pryor could have been getting those reps is the point. Right, Pryor could have been getting, well, yes, but also And Peters Herbig or anybody. Or, or Peter's getting it at left tackle. Like, yeah, I, which I'm, I uh, matter, but I'm less worried about them prior and those guys getting reps at, at guard because at least Jason Peters has played a lot of left tackle in the NFL. Yes, I mean, like... I as agree, I'm not minimizing it. I prefer they all get the reps, I'm just saying. Right, yeah. Well, so I, I think overall the line is better, but I don't know. Like, we're going to get into the season preview posi position by position on this pod, and... I still maintain the offensive line far and away the position I'm most worried about. I would still sign Cordy Glenn just because I think that they do need like veteran backup uh, help at tackle. Again, Lane Johnson, it looks like he's going to play in week one. We'll get like kind of a better understanding of that on Wednesday when they practice. But it looks like Lane will be out there. Jason Peters will be the tackle. So like you are going to have essentially – well, I guess actually Brooks is out, so never mind. But you'll have four of the five guys from last year. And the offensive line was not bad last year. So that is something to, you know, maybe be a little bit more optimistic about. But the whole way this went about just I it just kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth for how things are going to go this year with the offensive line.
Yeah, look, I get it. I get it. I kind of have the opposite spin. I mean, it definitely, as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, put a bad taste in my mouth with regards to Jason Yes, Peters. you've been had the bad taste and in And I don't see this. this as some magnanimous move. It was a situation where Jason probably would prefer to play left tackle than play a position he's never played before. Whatever the money difference is, like he'd probably rather play his position. And ultimately, he decided to just be a nuisance and then finally decide, all right, fine, I'll go to the position I should play. So whatever. I think it's Tarnish's legacy and, and all that. Like, who cares? Ultimately, I actually really have a much more rosy spin on it. I, I feel much better about the offensive line with Jason Pierce playing left tackle. I do. Like, I think... Matt Pryor, from what we've seen of him, can get by playing right guard. Lane, obviously, look, we want Lane healthy, but all we know is that he's going to start, right? It seems, we don't know for sure, but it seems like he's going to be ready to go to start the season. And all I could do is, while I wish they had those reps, I think there are going to be a lot of teams that don't have a lot of reps with their, their mm-hmm. all their starting lineups. Like, I think that's just something we're going to see and have to be part of this season. I think they're going to have to play their way into it. I'm actually like... You know, I've been down on the team recently, and, and this is our season preview kind of thing, um, and we'll look at, like, the game, week one game later in the week specifically and, and all that, but I'm actually feeling more optimistic today about the Eagles than I did hmm. than I was last time we did the pod because I think they're better with Peters at, at left tackle, though I do agree they should absolutely sign Gordy Glenn. They so have just ask- shown how little depth they have on the outside of the offensive line. Let me ask you, do you think the Cordy Glenn bringing him in for a workout, do you think that was just kind of posturing to get Peters to do this? Like for Peters to be like, like, oh shit, I might actually be started. I might actually be stuck at right guard for the whole season. Or do you think that like that was separate? Like, do you think that was the reason they brought Cordy Glenn in to kind of give um, Peters that? Look, I don't think, I think it probably had multiple, served multiple purposes. Like, let's take a look at Cordy Glenn see what kind of shape he's in. Why not? Um, you know, he's someone who probably wouldn't cost much money at this point. Obviously he's been on the street, um, and is someone who has experience playing tackle in the NFL, which this team is very light on as we've learned. Yes. So I think, I think that was the initial purpose of it, but at the same time, I, I don't think it hurt. I think I'm sure that was part of it as well, knowing that, that it could be something that would be a catalyst to get Jason to be, you know, more, more likely to switch back. So, um, Either way, I think I think they should sign Cordy Glenn, and and I think they're better now. So I, I do mm-hmm. feel I, I again I hate the way it played out. I think the whole thing was stupid, but I think they're better today than they were yesterday. Well, let's get like a a James hate meter update. So let's say before all, all this started, before all this started, like ten is your favorite eagle of all time. One is like. I don't know who your least favorite Eagle of all time is, but uh, Nelson Aguilar. One is Nelson Aguilar. Well, he okay? won me a Super Bowl, so it's not like, but I know what you mean, like Jason Babin or something. But okay, Jason Babin is one, and Nick Foles is 10. All right. Okay. Where was Jason Peters prior to all this going down? Where was he during it, and where does he end up? Um, Like, he was probably like a seven. You know, never my favorite, but definitely appreciate what he did for this team and, you know, seven, eight range. Um, and appreciate how great it, he was in, in getting to watch a Hall of Famer for that long and all that. Um, during this, he was probably like a one. I was so mad. Uh, he'll probably end up like a three or something like that. Four, okay. maybe. So nice. a serious a serious hit. A serious Oh, uh, 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 the legacy has taken a hit in my eyes, for sure. Hmm. That's sad for Jason because no, when you're I, happy I guarantee like a player, you, yeah. That's... I guarantee you Jason is losing sleep over it. He's like, oh, I absolutely. Seltzer knocked me down. No, no. <laughs> How am I supposed to go on? That's uh, probably not his well, reaction, I guess. Well, at least he's going to be at left tackle now. And Carson said today, you know, he feels better about that. Carson, he's kind of, you know, protected Carson's blind side his, his whole career, right? I mean, it's basically who he's, who he's always had out there. So Carson said he feels better about it. Carson feels better going to week one. I think the Eagles are better for it. So I guess we can finally turn the page from this. this Thank uh, goodness. Yeah, this, this saga. Thank goodness. All right. Um, some more news quickly before we start to look at to the actual season. Uh, quickly, Josh McCown, uh, he's like the remote uh, emergency quarterback for, for 12 grand a week. It's a good gig. Uh, I love this. I think it's super smart. Why not have a quarterback nowhere near the team? If you had to, you could, who knows your offense, at least, you know, what it was last year. You could just kind of hop on in if you really need him to like, I like it. So I like it too. I think it's definitely clever. I think it's like, 
such a Howie move where people around the league are going to be like, wow, I told you guys, like Howie's so smart. Like it definitely like checks off that box of like Howie being creative. I would say like, I don't know. It's something, something about the fact that in the first year, the Eagles can add like veteran players to the practice squad, like guys that, you know, aren't developmental players, like legit guys that could help them. The only veteran they signed is a 41 year old quarterback. That's going to live in Texas. Like, there, there's something about like, the, like I get the benefit of it, but are you really utilizing the practice squad in the right way? Like, if, if couldn't Josh McCown have just been like an advisor, or couldn't Josh McCown have just remained a free agent? Like, I wonder if maybe this was to prevent Josh from doing something else. Like, maybe he was gonna take a TV job, or, or who knows? But I don't really get the benefit of like claiming Josh McCown right now, as opposed to like if your whole team gets, co- you know, if there's like a COVID outbreak in the quarterback room. Like, what's Josh going to be doing? Can't you just call him at that point? And well, offer maybe him that's it. Maybe it's it's fear of another team getting a COVID outbreak and, and wanting to go quarterback for another team, right? I mean, like, it could yeah. be something like that. Uh, look, either way, you know, I, I get your point, and I, it does I seem mean, like a little— I mean, I'm more playing devil's advocate, to be honest. Like, yeah. I do like the signing. Like, it's I think hard it makes... to hate it, right? I mean, what's yeah. the—especially if he's going to help out coaching, and we know that he had a good relationship with Wentz. Like, what's the downside as far as I'm concerned, you know? I mean— if it comes to Josh McCown flying from Texas, because yeah, we're in bad shape yeah. anyway. <laughs> like, Things are not, not going the game. I mean, I can't imagine a world where there's an outbreak that's so bad that McCown has to play, yeah. but not bad enough that the Eagles yeah. are going to play the game. Yeah. So Think, things are not in good shape if Josh McCown is an important part of the season. All right, that, uh, that out in the last year. Yeah, hey. So. Uh, rim shot. All right. Uh, quickly, one last thing before we start the previous season, because it is kind of a lingering issue heading into the season, and we haven't really talked about it. Um, certainly since the news of, you know, them having talks and then the talks breaking off and and all that stuff. But the Zacherts contract situation. Where where are you at with it? And what do you know? So it was reported by NFL Network that they've broken that talks have broken down. Um, not that Ian Rappaport needs like separate confirmation, but you know I did confirm that as well. Like things oh, are not good. Look at you looking out yeah. for Ian. I, pre- I think he appreciates <laughs> right. it. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's checking my Twitter to find out. But um, look, I just I don't think things are good between Zach and the Eagles right now. It's just my opinion. Just reading the tea leaves. Um, and I I completely understand why. Like. I don't, I don't want to use the term like franchise tight end deal because obviously like you really only have like a franchise quarterback and like maybe a franchise tackle. But Zach has seen both the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers commit to their tight ends this year, right? Like big time, like, you know, like, look, the tight end position is changing. Look how much you're getting paid. Like big time commitments to them. Zach is younger than Travis Kelsey. He is older than Kittle. I don't think anybody, including Zach, thinks he's going to get Kittle money. But if I'm Zach, I'm sitting there going, why are these guys getting paid and I'm not? Like, why? And I think that ultimately, like, this is, if the Eagles don't pay Zach, I think this is the last season he is with the team, in my opinion. I think wow. if, if he doesn't get a deal next offseason, he will not be back. I think he will be on, on another team. I think the Eagles will trade him to a team willing to pay him. I think it's a mistake. Like, I understand, you know, like the COVID thing doesn't, does factor into any financial decision the team makes. How he said that, you know, in his post, uh, post-cut press conference, like the COVID implication is real and that kind you know, nobody can control that. But at the same time, like, I don't know, they've always been a team that's taken care of their guys, whether that's the right or wrong strategy, it's always who they've been. I'm not in the camp of Dallas Goddard is just as good as Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard can be the next Zach Ertz. I think that's asking a lot of any player to do like Zach Ertz is maybe a hall of fame player and definitely the best tight end in franchise history. So to say that this person like the Dallas is just going to walk in and be like, Oh, I can do what Zach does now. I don't think that's realistic. And I think it's asking a lot. So I I think they should pay him. Like it's, it's Carson Wentz's favorite target. You don't want this to get to a point where it's so ugly that he demands a trade. And I don't think it's, I think if this was happening like four months ago, it could maybe get there that the timing of it now it's tough to, to pull off a trade, but like, I, I think that's, it's bad is my read on it. Well, that's great. <laughs> Ter- terrific stuff there. Um, I hate look, when you're sad. Well, like, it's just, a bummer, but I, look, I, I think you say Dallas sucks. All uh, day, Dallas you know? sucks. Like, they do suck. Go. Um, but I think you have the right read on the situation. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out and what they decide to do. Cause um, I agree with you. I think it'll be settled by next 
off season or, you know, by the end of next off season, one way or another, um, especially with Goddard coming up contract wise and stuff. too. Uh, so I'll also say that this is something that I think could linger into the year. If like Zach's not getting enough targets, if like Dallas Goddard and him are getting equal snaps, if Zach's hurt in like week 13 and you know, it's like, all right, do I play for the team or do I go out there and risk getting hurt when I know that this off season is going to be like the final, probably the final big contract of, you know, his, his life. And look, all NFL money is life-changing money, but you know, Zach has, I think Zach's last deal, I don't know what the guaranteed money in it was it, but, but it's not like he's made $60 million in his career, right? Or like $70 million. And yes, we're talking absurd amounts of money, but I'm like, this next contract is like, what gets him to like stupid money for the rest of his life. So I, I, I wouldn't blame him if, you know, Dallas is getting more touches. I'd be like, well, why? Like what's going on here? Right. Or, or if he's, if his like leg is sore and you know, he, he's like, am I going to play this week? And he's like, you know, what? I'm not going to risk it. Cause what if I tear something? So I think that's the risk of doing this. And I, w- I would also add that if you look at Zach Ertz's career, probably already a borderline hall of famer, He's set team records. He won a Super Bowl. Like, he's accomplished almost everything you could kind of realistically hope to accomplish as a player. This big contract is the next thing. And I think, rightfully so, as it would be for all of us, his big his focus should be on that. And I think that's what you're starting to see with these reports and with things breaking down. All right. Let's get to our season preview. we got a lot to get through. Um, and hopefully Eagles can navigate that and figure a way out of it. It does not sound like it's going to end well. Um, all right. We're going to get to the schedule and kind of a macro look at it and kind of how it could play out. So as we can, of course, our, our official predictions and all that. Um, but I want to go through and just quickly do like a good, bad type of thing. Like mm-hmm. we'll ask about a few things, you know, the receivers, you'll see. And, um, and we will give, are you feeling good or bad? And there's no equivocating here. There's not a, a in between a medium. No doubt about it. We yep. have to choose. Okay. Let's start. I know where I'm going with this one. Uh, I think it'll be more interesting to see where you're going on this one, but let's start off with the hammer himself. Uh, I will just start and say, I am feeling good. Very good. Amazing about Carson Wentz heading into the season. Elliot, how are you feeling about Carson Wentz? Well, before I give my answer, let me ask you, why are you feeling so good about Carson? Uh, I mean, look, we've, how many times have we talked about it? This, this, you know, off season, he has had a full off season to, to be healthy, to, to worry about football, to worry about being in shape, to worry about, um, the game and not worry about rehabbing from some injury at back, uh, an ACL, this and that. And I think that, look, even though they didn't do as much at the weapons type of spots as we would have liked, like they still have improved just with Deshaun Jackson, theoretically, you know, if he could stay healthy on the field, that's an improvement. Jalen Rager, when he comes back, theoretically, if he if he looks as good as he he did in camp, is an improvement. You've talked about the receivers. We'll get to them specifically, but um, and look, we saw the end of last season. Carson really start to kind of figure it out and put it together and mm-hmm. see what works. And I don't know why you wouldn't feel positive about him. So I agree with everything you just said, and I feel good about him as yes! well. So there you go. I let Let's you answer shut that. Shut the pod down. Story. We don't even need to. Can we? We're done. That's our season yeah. preview. Cut it off. Elliot I mean, feels if- good about Carson Wentz. Boom. Boom. We did it. That's the title. Go That's the Eagles. title of the pie Go right birds. There. Yeah. Um, I think everything you said is correct. I think Carson had a, a very good training camp. Yes, I do think, once again, like the flaw of his game is his from-the-pocket accuracy, and I think you saw that at times during camp. I think like there weren't a ton of special moments from Carson in camp. Like uh, I think he was – very good to like fine kind of though. Like he, he really didn't like stand out, but like he definitely, I'm, I know I'm contradicting myself. I'm trying to explain this in the right way. Like he was very good, but at the same time, there weren't any plays where I was like, Oh wow. Like what a play. So, but regardless going into the season, he's healthy. He's had, you know, as much of a full off season as you can have, I guess, considering everything that's going on. Um, I do think that the drafting of Jalen hurts kind of like, tarnished a little bit the end of Carson's year at least from a national perspective and a local perspective kind of mitigated it and made people be like oh maybe they're not as committed to Carson but he did have an amazing end of the year um I have concerns about other parts of the team uh, and I think those obviously impact Carson but for Carson himself I feel very good about Carson going into the year all right we just mentioned them how about the wide receivers I'll let you go first so I'm not feeling good about them. Oh, I, I, I no. would I, all the positivity from camp is gone. I know. 
I would say if I had to do good or bad, which is what this game is, I feel bad about the receivers. Oh, and no. the reason I do is not because the rookies haven't looked good, none of those things. But like it really seems like this team's plan is to have Deshaun and Alshon be the starters on the outside. Like that seems to be their plan. They did not put uh, Alshon on pup, right? I mean, they I think they think he's going to play like if not week 4, maybe week 5. I think they're going to put him in there. I think he's going to be the starter. And I don't like the idea of Deshaun and Alshon as the starting receivers. I don't. I would rather see John Hightower, Jalen Reger, like Deontay Burnett, those who I want who I want to see play with Carson. I think we saw what we saw at the end of last year. This team is better when they just have kind of role players instead of you know these veterans. And I, look, Deshaun is explosive. He really does threaten opposing defenses. That is very real. But I don't like what they're doing with Alshon. The fact that Reger is hurt already. Does, I don't think it means he's going to be like injury prone, but it is a buzzkill on what he's going to be able to accomplish. Um, I saw an Adam Kaplan report. Maybe this was just his wording, but he said at this point it's going to be out man- managing his soreness. Like this is a 21-year-old kid. Like it, he should not be out there until he's 100%. I don't want him playing at 80% each week. So I'm down on the receivers. <laughs> oh, Elliot, the receiver's biggest champion, Elliot Sherr Parks. Um I am too. I'm bad on them. We agree so far on both. Uh, but uh, I mean, I was excited to hear what I heard, but I didn't see it with my own eyes. I still need to see these guys do this in real live games that matter. And, you know, like JJ, like show me, dude, you know, Rager being yes, hurt already. Agreed, right. Not great. I actually do feel pretty good about Deshaun, assuming the offensive line, which we'll get to, can give Wentz the time to make those type of plays develop where Deshaun can really be lethal. Um, but I do think if Deshaun stays healthy, there's some upside there. Him and Wentz, obviously, in the very limited time we've seen, had a good connection. Um, but I- I'm with you. I-, I don't, I don't like the idea of Deshaun and Alshon as the main guys. And in general, I just think it's a, a prove it to me type of group. So we are on the I- same page two for two so far. I also really think there's a difference between me reporting from camp and other beat writers, like, wow, the receivers look great. And actually viewing this as a unit that going into the season can be like very helpful. You know, like I still think when you look around the league, the Eagles have some of the worst receivers in the league. Like we can say that they had great camps and maybe that translates. But when you're talking about what you can realistically expect from the receivers, I have to go with bad over good. Yeah. And again, I agree. I think that's fair. Um, All right. Uh, Offensive line. We just mentioned it. And uh, and then I have one more offensive, not group, but you'll see that I want to talk about, but um, let's let's finish out the offensive side of things in terms of this discussion. I'm guessing I know what your answer is. Offensive line, you're feeling bad. Yeah, I'm feeling bad about it. I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, look, like again, maybe maybe Jeff Stoutland is just the X factor. We're not counting. Maybe Jason Kelsey Lane. Like, if you get elite level seasons from them, you're going to have a good year. I think Jason Peters last year at left tackle was very, very good. And I've argued with people at the station about this, like John Ritchie and other people that think he wasn't like, I think Jason Peters was really good last year, but I don't like the fact he's switching positions so late. I don't like the whole vibe of how it happened. I don't like the injuries they're dealing with. I don't like any of their backup offensive linemen besides maybe Nate Herbig, who's my guy, just cause I see, you know, I, I just see a star in him. I see a star in him. Like, but outside of that, I just don't feel good about the line. And if you have a bad offensive line, it's hard. Like, And we said this on the last pod, and I still feel that way. Carson is going to have to be really, really special for this team to be a playoff team and to win a game. Like, Carson is going to have to be top four or five quarterback in the league to be, because I think the offensive line is going to be an issue. And I just said how I feel about the receiver. So, yeah, I would for sure clarify, classify myself in the bad category of the offensive line. Yeah, look, I don't know how anyone couldn't say bad compared to what we had hoped for, you know, as in a macro sense. But like I said, like, if you asked me compared to how I felt a couple days ago, I would say good. Like, I would. I feel much, much better with Jason Peters going to left tackle. That does make a difference for me. I'm still concerned about Lane Johnson. I'm concerned about the fact they haven't gotten any work together. Offensive line is all about cohesion and continuity. We talk about that all the time. But I do think you can play your way into that stuff, especially when you have true, you know, Pro Bowl, all pro type players out there. I do think at least at certain spots, I do think that that you can work your way into it. But I think compared to what we generally expected, I think anyone has to say bad. But I am, again, 
feeling slightly better about it than I was last week with the with the news of Peters magnanimously going to left tackle. <laughs> All right, uh, before we get to the defense, one more because I do think there's a really interesting one, and obviously it's come up on the pod in various ways over the course of the off season in, in terms of like impact and what are we going to see and all that? Like, but the offensive coaches, you know, Skango, mm-hmm. Morningweg, McCown, if you want to count that, like, um, how do you impress Taylor more responsibility, all this stuff? How do you feel about the group of offensive coaches? And of course the new guys in there and what kind of impact they're going to make. So quickly, yeah. good or bad. And then elaborate. I would say good overall. I would say, I guess, I mean, I'm pretty on the fence on this. So let me let me talk my let me talk myself through it. I do think that the offensive coaches overall, when you include Doug in this, I feel very good about it. But what I am wondering, I'm worried about, and the Josh McCown thing plays into this a little bit. Like, are there too many cooks in the kitchen? Is Josh McCown going to be chiming in from Texas in Carson's ear? Is Gangarillo impressed Taylor going to be saying, you know, are they going to be on the same page? Where's Doug going to be? So I do think there's a lot going on there. Marty Mortywick, which has me worried. I'll also note that as High as we are on Doug, and I think it's been well-documented, I said Doug was like exactly what you wanted in head coach. The offense the last two years has been, I believe, outside the top 12 in points both years. I think they were like 15th last year, and then in 2018, I think they were 20th. So they have just not been scoring a lot of points. Like the the issue the last two years has been the offense, not the defense. So I'm interested to see how things change. I don't know if Scangarillo is a good enough coach where I'm like they've – you know, I think he's going to have a huge impact. I think they're going to roll him out more. But also, like, the reports coming out of Denver is that people are happy to see him gone there and that he was conservative as, like, a play caller. He didn't, you know, throw it deep. And you saw that a little bit, I think, in training camp. So um, I still feel overall good about it just because of Doug. But um, this is about the closest 50-50 one for me. Don't besperch my guy Skango. I know. <laughs> Skango. It's a great nickname for sure. Ah, what a nickname. I'm all in on the guy. Um, look, I feel good until I'm proven that I feel bad. Um, I do think, look, they brought in some some different minds, some different ideas. Um, I don't think we can really know, but I'm willing to give Doug the benefit of the doubt, especially after you know, kind of learning from the last couple of years compared to learning with Reich. I think Doug's, as we've talked about, we both have a ton of faith in Doug and him as an offensive mind and play caller. So. Um, I think they'll be able to figure it out. I feel good more than bad, but again, I'm with you. I'm not like, this is not a one where I feel staunchly amazing right. about it, but I, I feel good. All right, let's get to the defense and then we'll actually look at this schedule and kind of how it, how it shakes out and how it could shake out. Um, all right. Number one, um, how are you feeling about the pass rush? I feel really good about the pass Whoa, rush. I might, feel, right, golf club. I might feel the best about them. Like them and Carson is probably tied for me on like the wow. how good I Delight. feel, right? It was great. Yeah, you loved it. You love to hear it or see it. Or I guess hear it and see it. Depending. Both. But, both um, of it. Yeah, both. So I really think Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson are going to be a problem for opposing offensive lines. I don't think – I think part of it was just offensive line for the Eagles struggle, but I also think both of them look healthy. We both know they're elite pass rushers. feel very good about that. The depth at that position I'm not crazy about. I don't think Hargrave is going to have an impact this year. If he has any impact at all, they might have oh. the best set of defensive – they might have the best group of defensive tackles. Oh, but that's a killer. Yeah, but I think that's just, that should be the expectation going in. Like anything you get from Hargrave is just – icing on top like you have to rely on Fletcher Cox I can't, Cox I can't let myself get there I need well. something from Hargrave <laughs> so for the defensive ends I'm all in on Josh Wett this year again Ooh. this is a guy that I think like is like first round type talent and athlete if it isn't for the worry about his knee I think you've seen that this year he's had you know two years in the NFL now to kind of get used to it he has not really dealt with many injuries, like at least related to that knee. So I think he's good. Brandon Graham had a very quiet camp, but we know what Brandon Graham is. He's a very, very good defensive end. He's going to get consistent pressure. He's going to be great against the run. I feel much better about the pass rush than I did coming into the year. I think, again, Hargrave and Barnett, if they give you anything, that's gravy on top. And I, But just with those four alone, I think the Eagles are going to get more pressure than they did last year. Wow. Uh, yeah, I feel good too, but – I really want Hargrave out there. They build it as originally, you know, not that big a deal multiple weeks, but, you know, they expect him to be ready for the start of the season. Obviously, we're less sure of that, but I'm not ready to to say that we're at that point where it's just a bonus. I need to see something from Hargrave. Um, but we'll see. Uh, either way, I agree with you. I think Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox have the, the chance to make this a special mm-hmm. pass-rushing type of line to have that kind of pressure from the interior that consistently. And then if Hargrave can get in there, 
and give you that too. I just think it makes it so much easier for the guys on the outside as well. And look, I agree with you. Josh Sweat, in more now. Yeah, and look, Josh Sweat is a a top, top, top tier talent. Like he was coming out of high school, he had that horrific injury, and you know people didn't know if he was going to keep his leg or whatever. You right. know. Um, but, uh, I'm with you. I, I think he's looked, you know, obviously it's hard to really know in, in training camp and stuff, but, um, it wouldn't be shocking if Josh Swepp took a step. There is that at least talent in there. All right. Uh, cornerbacks. How do you feel about the cornerbacks? I, I look, I think going in, we can all say we feel good about Darius Slay until we see it until we're proven wrong in real NFL football games. But, um, a lot of, a lot of maneuvering with the cornerbacks lately, Elliot, and a lot of, uh, question marks. So I've been holding this take in all of training camp. Like I've been afraid to drop it. I'm ready to drop it. Oh. I'm worried about I'm worried about Darius Slay. Like I just oh, no. I just have. I oh, I I thought that he didn't look that great. I think in you training look like camp. a fool right there. I'm like we're all good with Slay. Yeah, that's my concern. Like and I should say that I feel the best about him of all the corners. I mean, you, I guess you could say Nikel Roby Coleman. I probably feel the best about. But so I'm not saying that he's going to be like a ginormous bust, but. Like, the second cornerback spot to me is an issue. Like, Avante Maddox had a really bad camp. He like he looked like Ronald Darby out there, in my opinion. Like, he was right there, you know, good coverage, and then he just got out-jumped. Or, like, you know, the receiver made a great catch. Like, I did not see much out of Avante Maddox. So I'm concerned about the second cornerback spot. Darius Slay, to me, is, you know, like, he has to be really, really special. It's kind of like the Carson of the defense, I guess, in a way, although his responsibility is not as much. But this idea that their cornerbacks are way better, I'm not as sold on that as I used to be after seeing them for a full month. I think Avante's an issue. I think Nicole Roby Coleman will be fine. But Darius Slay, I just, I didn't see it in training camp. Like, and maybe it's hard to see it in training camp. Like, I get all those things. But I can only go off what my eyes have seen with Darius Slay. And I didn't think he had a great camp. And if he doesn't have a great camp, that I mean, if he doesn't have like a a, a great great season, the cornerbacks are in, are in trouble, especially with the depth. I mean, Craig James, I like him, but he's never been a consistent you know player in the NFL. They the backup cornerback depth on the outside is, is abysmal. I mean, they have Slay Maddox and then Craig James. That's it. Those are the only three corners on the roster that have played outside. You can maybe pull Trevor Williams from the practice squad, but. I think cutting Rasul Douglas was a big mistake. Uh, LeBlanc has never played on the outside. Maybe you could try him there, but I don't see what role LeBlanc plays if Nikel Roby Coleman's getting all the snaps at nickel. So, uh, I, you know, again, between good or bad, I feel bad about the corners. I feel good, and I think that that's the position where it's hardest to really stop anything in the type of practices they were having down at training camp or at least show. Um, you know, it's always going to favor the receivers, always going to favor the offense in those types of situations. I think Darius Slay has proven at the NFL level what he could do. I expect that until I don't see it in NFL games. Uh, same thing with Roby Coleman. He's a legit good slot corner. Uh, I think with those two guys alone, they're already way better than they were last year. I still like Avante Maddox. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, he needs to prove it. Um, and I like Cravon regardless of kind of where they put him and how they use him. Um, obviously, you know, we don't know that he can do it on the outside, obviously, but... Um, I like him as a player. Um, so I actually feel good. I feel good about the cornerbacks. Okay. I understand where you're coming from, but for me, I, I feel good. And again, maybe it's that I haven't seen them get burned a bunch there. Um, but I feel good. I, look, I wish they had kept Rasul. I think we're both on the same page with that one. Um, all right, two more before we get to the schedule. And one of them is macro, how you feeling about the Eagles schedule? Okay. So I think the schedule is tough. I think that, Look, there's a lot of really good defense, uh, defensive lines early on, and we're going to get to Washington more in depth, but I think that's a tougher matchup because of the defensive line. The Rams, obviously, very good defensive line. Niners, good defensive line. The Steelers have a good pass rush. The Ravens do. So, like, the first six weeks of the season, I think, are much more difficult than I initially thought. Um, and the back end is also extremely brutal. I mean, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, Cowboys, five of your last six opponents are competing for playoff spots, right? Or actually six of the last seven. And then if you want to include the Browns in that, I think the Browns are going to be a bit of a bust, but there's still at least a team heading into the season you expect to be completing, competing for a playoff spot. I think the schedule is def just more difficult than initially expected. And again, I think week 16 at Dallas is huge. Just like last year, I felt pretty even about the Eagles and the Cowboys heading into the year. But the Eagles getting that week 16 game at home, I predicted them to win the division. 
Um, I don't feel as equal between the two teams this year, but I think week 16 being in Dallas is a big deal for for Dallas. It makes it a much more winnable game if things are close. It makes it a tougher win for the Eagles, uh, you know, later in the year. So I, I, overall, I think the schedule, I feel bad about it. I think it's a detriment to their chances of making playoffs more than it's, you know, you can point and say they have an easy schedule. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a tough schedule. Um, ultimately, I think that the whole schedule thing, and we'll go through just quickly game by game in a sec, um, to look at where some of the pitfalls could be and how it could shake out and all that. But I think that it's it's not a fool's errand to look at the schedule prior to the season, but it is really hard to know. Uh, so many teams deal with so many injuries. There are so many teams that aren't playoff contenders that turn into them. I mean, we talk about it with the Eagles from 2016 to 2017. If you saw the Eagles on your schedule in 2017, you're like, oh, they weren't very good. Right. You know, right. They, they, they you know, won four down the stretch just to not be one of the worst teams in football. Or the Niners, four and twelve last year. And this season, no, oh, no biggie. And then it's like they're a juggernaut. So I do think that it can, you know, it's it's um, how the schedule looks heading into the season. Even though a week before the season is not what it's going to look like a month or even two, especially into the season. Um, but having said that, look, I agree with you. I just think it's a tough schedule. I think it's a tough schedule when you look at it yeah, now. And if things if things shake out the way we expect them to, if the Niners are as good as we expect. If the Ravens are as good as we expect, if Seattle's as good as we expect, Green Bay, New Orleans, like they've got a lot of tough games, you know, that, and, and the one saving grace is that their division is not that tough, that they have a chance to win any of those six games in the division for all intents and purposes. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. The schedule's tough. All right, quickly. So, all right. Okay. Well, just really, really quick. So, this is tell me good take, bad take. Even though there's no fans this year, I think the Eagles still have tough road games. Like Dallas in the dome late, Arizona cross country, Packers, you know, late in the year could be cold. At Cleveland, late in the year could be cold. Like, do you think I'm overlooking overthinking that San Francisco cross country trip early on? Um, like, look, sure. I look, I, I think travel matters more than anything. So no. Okay. Uh, I think travel matters and all that stuff more than than the fans in the stadium, even potentially for these guys, but I also don't think it matters that much, but I agree with you. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say. Um, all right, last one. And then we'll look at the schedule game by game. Um, how you feeling about the Cowboys? Cause I'll tell you how I feel about them. Dallas sucks, Elliot. There you go. That's how there I feel about the Cowboys. So did you see Peter King pick the Cowboys to, uh, be the top seed in the NFC and to be able to not make the playoffs? Bring yeah. it, Pedro. Bring it. Yeah. It's exactly what you want to hear. I know. Um, look, I, I think I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think the upgrade from Jason Garrett to Mike Mike McCarthy is one of the biggest upgrades in the league at any position, player, coach, GM, any. I think you go from at the very least, McCarthy is a competent head coach. He is definitely not a bad head coach. Anyone that says he's a bad head coach is wrong. They're just wrong. Like McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. He is a good head coach. I think that having him around Dak helps Dak. I love their weapons like CD, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. Like they have an elite set of weapons. Um, I think their defense is is good enough. Like I, I think they have enough enough pieces there. Um, so I I think going into the season, I feel good about the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't. I hate the Cowboys. Dallas sucks. Dallas sucks. There you go. Dallas sucks. That's it. And I, I'm not. So not which team do you think's better? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. By the time well, we right. There we go. To see if you can. Yeah, you know, when I actually get to my, the my idea C- Yeah. Well. I need more time to let that one percolate. Um, all right, let's go game by game quickly. Like we won't do the, you know, we could say what you know win loss is now, and obviously let's it's rid- skip week one though. Let's it's skip. R- it's ridiculous in general, but we can say like how how it shakes out and like where it's kind of a tough stretch and all that stuff. So let's start with at Washington. We're gonna preview this game more in depth later in the week, but um, that is a you know hopefully a winnable game or a game they should theoretically win. They are a six and a half point favorite on the road as of now, I believe, or a six point. Uh, check the Park Sportsbook Casino app. You can bet on it. We'll go through all the games on that app later in the week. Um, week two, uh, home versus the Rams. What do you think about that one, E? I think that's a really tough matchup. Um, I do think, obviously, this is where the Aaron Donald thing, their line in general, really comes into play uh, against the Eagles' offensive line. Clearly, that's not a matchup you like. I know Doug does own... Um, Doug does, he does own the Rams. I mean, there's no denying that we've seen that and that makes you feel good about it, but I would still put that down as a loss. Yeah. Look, I, again, I, I am not sure how it will play out, but I, I think, I think they win that game at home. The Rams coming across country. I'm not very scared of the Rams, but again, you know, um, yeah, I'm not too scared of the Rams, but I, I it is a, look, it's not an easy game. If we're looking at this schedule in terms of, 
of hard and easy type games. Like there are not many easy games on this schedule. Um, one that you hope is easy is, is at home versus the Bengals. I certainly think that's a very winnable game for this team. I would Absolutely. label it a win heading yes. into the season. Um, week four at San Francisco is is uh, when you get on a, a tough stretch at three games here, and I think that seems like a, a stretch to think they're going to go out there and win that one. Obviously, who knows how plays out by then, but. Yeah, I think I have them with three straight losses there. San Fran, Steelers, Ravens. And again, like anything can happen as you know we're going through this. But I think realistically when you sit here and look, they are not as good as those three teams. They're not as good as the Niners. They're not as good as the Steelers. They're not as good as the Ravens. They're probably closest to the Steelers, I would say. But they're not as good as those teams. So I think they will lose those three games. Yeah, I think there's one of those spots where one of those three teams probably won't be as good as we expect. But I think it's unlikely that they come out of this with more than one win on this three-game stretch. Mm-hmm. Um I think at San Francisco is probably the toughest of the bunch going across country to face that Niners team that um, really uh, finds a way to, to attack weaknesses of teams and the linebacking yes. core, the, this defense. Like It just feels like Shanahan's going to find a way to kind of paper cut this team to death. I, you know, It just feels like it. Um, so that one scares me. And, and look, Lamar at home, um, that's obviously a, a tough one no matter what. Um, but I think they could come out of this stretch with one win in those three, but I, I don't know which one it would be. My guess would be um, at Pittsburgh. Like you said, I think that's just the most likely winnable game of the three. It's certainly the um, worst team of the three. Um, yeah. But again, they're tough games. All right. Um, a little bit uh, slight easier stretch heading into the bye here in the sense that they're home for two. Um, and the two big ones is they they start to really get back to the NFCs. No NFCs games from week one until week seven. Uh, yeah. When the Giants come to town, you obviously look. You go into this season assuming you're going to win both games against the Giants, particularly with Joe Judge as their head coach. Um, but you know we'll see. I think they win this game. I agree. I think they win the next two. I think they beat the Giants and I think they beat the Cowboys in their first matchup at home. I'm pretty sure that's a prime time game. Uh, I, I think they'll win the next two. So coming off the three, you get to come home again. I know that the Ravens game is at home, but uh, I think they win two and they go into the bye feeling good. So heading into the bye, I have them at four and four. Yeah, three straight home games heading into the bye is is pretty wild and it should give yes. them a chance to really kind of be rested. And if they look, we know how how seasons go. And we saw it in 2017 where um, if you start to get on a roll and you start believing in yourself, things can happen. And not that this is a team built for that, but um, if they're going to get on a roll, um, this is where they do it. Right yeah, here. exactly. That that's kind of what I was going for. This is where they do it. Uh, the bye week I think comes at a perfect time, like exactly halfway through yep. the season. I think that's perfect. Um, and then you get the Giants again at at the Giants. So the Giants two times in in four weeks essentially, but in terms of, of games, three games. Three games, yeah. Uh, look, I think they sweep the Giants this year. I think Joe Judge is headed for a three and thirteen type year um but 100 agree with you yeah okay. I, I mean three three wins might be a lot for the giants like i think they're going to be a disaster yeah i originally um, said two and then i bumped one up just on on variance and luck there you go <laughs> um so i think the giants game is a, a win then the next week they go to cleveland i think that's a win too again i think it's a bit of a tough spot i think the cleveland is going to be a team that you know at least thinks they're competing for a playoff spot. I don't think the Browns are going to be like six and 10, but I think the Eagles are better than the Browns flat out. So I think those are both wins. So they will have gotten four straight wins at this point, in my opinion, I think in years too, you haven't beaten the Cowboys. So that, that's, that's the role that you needed to get on. Yeah, exactly. And, and I feel, you know, pretty good about these matchups being at this spot in the season. Um, like you said, it gives them a chance to get on this uh, on a roll there. The home games there heading into the bye. All right, then at Cleveland, uh, you know, you hope that you could beat Cleveland. Well, we just, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland. That's a win. I just, yeah, I just you, you feel like it's a clear win. I'm, I'm saying like, I hope it's a clear win. But Cleveland feels like a classic post hype team where everyone hypes them up last year, and then this is the year they're actually pretty solid. But I need to see Baker do it, so I would feel the same way. Uh, it, week twelve, is it even possible to predict a win against Seattle? Nope. Nope. I mean, anything's possible, but it's not going to happen. Doug's never beat him. We saw him beat him twice last year. Uh, so that's definitely a loss. Yeah, on principle, you just have to predict a loss. Who knows yep. where either team is at when that, that game happens. But uh, week 13 at Green Bay, at Lambeau, like you said, it could be cold. That seems like a tough one. I Look, they went to Lambeau and won last year. I don't see why they couldn't do it again, but it certainly is a, a not an easy spot 
after home against Seattle at Green Bay and then home against New Orleans. This is a they have the the, the two really tough three game stretches, and this is the other one of them. Yeah, and again, like who knows? Like they always win a game you think they're gonna lose, and lose a game you think they're gonna win. But I think this is another three game loss. I don't think they're better than the Seahawks. I don't think they're better than the Packers. I don't think they're better than the Saints. And the Saints own them. I know they haven't been to Philly in in a, in a while, but I think these all three teams they're not as good as. So I think those are losses. Yeah, again, I think by the time you know, we get there, maybe there's one team that isn't as good as you expect or this or that. I think they come out of that stretch with an extra win somewhere, potentially. Um, but I also could see them losing against the Browns and then beating Green Bay or whatever. Um, as Like you said, there's going to be a game you expect them to win that they lose and so on and so forth the opposite way. All right, they finish out the season. You, you like what you get at the end here. Like you said before, they have the chance at Dallas Week 16. But also sandwiched with at Arizona and home versus Washington, both theoretically minus travel and Arizona, you know, a potential upstart type team, who knows. Um, but those should be a, a winnable games to kind of end the season with theoretically. So I have them beating the Cardinals, losing to the Cowboys, and then ending the season with a win. I just don't think they're going to go to Dallas and win in 16 and win the crucial game again. I don't. I, I just, I don't. So like you said, I think the Cardinals, even though they're upstart, I could see that one being a loss, but I'm going to give them a win. And if they end the season, how I think, and I'm dead right. Like I always am with my predictions. <laughs> I have them at eight and eight. And I hate picking eight and eight because, you know, like you want to either say like, oh, they'll be seven and nine or nine and seven, like eight and eight, like is kind of feels like a cop out, but they just scream eight and eight to me. Like when I watch the team, I see eight and eight, like very good at some things, very bad at others. Like some reasons to feel good, some reasons not to feel good. Like the offensive line, you know, there's two starters you feel good about, three you don't. Like there's just, it's like there's a yin and a yang for all of this. And I think that they're just an eight and eight team. They are an average team. Yeah, look, I was at eight and eight uh, a week ago. I think I'm up to nine and seven with Peters moving back to left tackle. I think that's worth a win to me. Um, but I think your assessment of the team is dead on. I don't think they're special. I don't think they're a you team that's so going to contend. That. Yeah, well, it is, it is sad. And look, anything can happen. You know, caveat: we saw it in 2017. No one expected that, but. You know, I don't know how, you know, like, again, what I said last week that made me 8-8, eight 7-9-ish eight, and and feeling was that it felt like things were breaking the wrong way. You know, a lot of kind of in unexpected injuries and just things not feeling right heading into the season. Um, I think Peter's moving back helps. And I think, look, in this weird, unique year where you're going to lose guys and COVID could take guys at any time and it's going to be um, – tough from a mental perspective, the mental fortitude and toughness is going to need to, you know, do what you need to do to, to stay healthy and stay on the field and all this type of stuff, not to mention all the other injuries without preseason, without a normal ramp up for the season, who knows what type of soft tissue, all that type of stuff. I trust Doug Peterson to be able to handle the ups and downs, the bumps, the bruises, the next man up of it all, because Guess what? I've seen him do it three years in a row. I've seen Doug three years in a row deal with insane amounts of injuries and important positions and keep on trucking along and figuring it out and finding ways. So for me, I, I yeah, agree but- with you. I think they're an 8-8 eight and eight team. Doug in this season, especially, again, is the one coaching staff that is at least keeping its head coach in the division. That bumps me up from 8-9. to nine. I'm giving him but- 9 because of Doug. But, and that's fair. I could definitely see them winning, like, you know, nine games. Uh, the only thing I would say is the last two years, they've teetered on the edge of disaster. Two years ago, I think they were five and six. And then Carson, you know, went down with his back injury and full save the day. Last year, I think they were five and seven, right? And they finished nine and seven. And Carson saved the day. But, like, the last two years, you've seen them get out of the gate bad. And kind of, like, each year teeter on the edge of, you know, finishing five and 11, Right. So maybe they do it again, but with the way the schedule shakes out early, I think there's a better chance this season collapses than it becomes something special. Look, and it's certainly possible. And I I think that's a fair statement, better chance it collapses than becomes something special. I agree Mm -hmm. with that. But I also think it's a better chance that they're 8 and 8, 9 and 7 than anything. And and one bounce this way or a team being worse than we thought or better than we thought could be the difference between that, you know? Um, Yeah. So, look, and, and let's both hope for us, for the Go Birds faithful, for every Eagles fan out there, that we're wrong and they're awesome because 
that's all we all want. I mean, that, that's what would make this the best year is if it's awesome and they're super fun and they're a good team. All right. Um, let's get to the brass tacks of it here, and then we'll get some quick reviews before we get out of here. Um, but uh, final prediction. You have them at 8-8. Eight and eight, I have them at 9-7. and seven. Do the Eagles win the NFC East? Are they a playoff team? And reminder, there are seven playoff teams this year. Right. Expanded playoffs. I do not think they're going to win the NFC East. I don't. Well, I, uh, I think eight I think eight, that would. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> well, for what away. it's worth, I went through the Cowboys schedule and I had them at nine and seven when I first went through it. So, I, you know, as high as I am on the Cowboys, which is when I went through it, that's what I came out with. So I think it'll be still pretty close, even though they're eight and eight. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be the top seed in the NFC. I don't think they're going to win like 14 or 13 games, but I think they'll be better than the Eagles. So I don't think they're going to win the NFC. Uh, East, and I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think the NFC East is good enough to have two teams come out. I think the other divisions are just better. Like the, you can make the argument three teams in the South, or at least, yeah, sorry, two teams in the South are better. Three teams in the West are better. Um, so I don't, I do not think the Eagles make the playoffs this year. All right. Well, I'll say they make it in nine and seven because we're not how saying now. Not that. not obviously clearly not, but I think nine and seven you can get the seven seed. Like again, I think they don't win the division. I'll, I think Dallas is probably better. I think they probably win the division. Um, again, I, I look. I'm I I'm not gonna lie and say I'm super confident. Nine and seven is not super confident, but I think the playoffs. I think you could get the seven seed at nine and seven. So I, I think. They make the playoffs Maybe. and they lose the losing the playoffs. You know, I don't I don't feel super confident. Um, and I think it look, I don't want to turn this into a Carson thing, but and it's not all about Carson. But I look, it would just be disappointing if Carson's fifth year ended without him like either playing a playoff game or winning a playoff game. Like separate of what you think of Carson as a player, all those things, it would just be disappointing for five years of Carson's career for us not to see him win a playoff game or to get realistic playoff snaps. That would. You know, I think we would all agree with that when he was drafted number two overall. And I get that, you know, there's gray. It's not black and white. All, I get all that stuff. But I think you can agree with that, right? Like if this season ends without Carson playing in the playoffs or winning a playoff game, that's got to be a disappointment in his overall career trajectory. Yeah. I, look, I can concede that it's a bummer. And I again, I'm not <laughs> I'm go. not going in expecting him to win a playoff game, so I have a different perspective on it than you. But like, Look, of course, of course. But I also look at it differently in the sense that I think that what he did to help in 2017, like that goes on his career resume. And, I, you know, he doesn't have that same pressure to win a playoff game that you feel he does. But at the same time, like, yes, of course, you want him to win a playoff game. Like, there, I don't think there's any if, ands, or buts about it. And, uh, yeah, you know, look, I think there's going to be a weird year in terms of injuries, yeah. in terms of not like COVID, yes. And also in winter, we have no idea with flu season and all that kind of stuff, what's going to happen in terms of um, how tough it might be. Um, but then just injuries, like we talked about, certainly early in the season, guys who are not ramped up or not ready, who have not hit enough, It's I think it's going to be weird. So and, I, and I think also, that, I think that it could go, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it wouldn't be that shocking if there are some surprises. Yeah. And I think that the Eagles have told us this, right? Like the Eagles have not set the bar high for this year. They have basically said, you know, like all the chips are not in the, in the table, like, all, like all that stuff. So I don't think we're being like pessimistic or like hating on the team or anything. I just think like the Eagles have told us what this is. This is what we've seen. And that's why I think like eight and eight, nine and seven is such a perfect prediction for this team. Cause they're just, they're right down the middle. Like for everything there is to feel good about, there's something to feel equally bad about. I think. Yeah. It, and that's, 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 that's who they are. It's who they are this yeah. year. And like you said, it's, it's what we expected them to be, you know, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, and look, we'll look at the, Week one, Washington later in the week, and, and hopefully, you know, look, no one saw 2017 as a special year, and special things happen, so who knows? Um, but, yeah, I agree with Elliot. It just feels like, uh, for the most part, average team that will have a average-ish type of season. Um, and, again, hope we're wrong. All right. Uh, we got 18 more reviews since the last time we recorded. Crazy. Which is so awesome. Like, you all rule. Thank you so much. It really does mean the world to us again. Uh, the season is starting, so uh, rate and review the pod if you haven't already. If you know someone uh, who likes the Eagles, uh, throw them our way. Uh, every, it helps people find the pod if we rate and review, so we really appreciate it. Um, a couple quick ones I want to get to uh, before 
we move on is uh, we, again just to we do appreciate it and um uh julia's benyard thanked us uh for speaking out on the social justice issues uh julia's thank you for listening thank you for um having an open ear and and letting mm-hmm. us do that you know giving us the forum to do that um and to not just you know not even listen or, or whatever um it meant a lot to us and we um really appreciate it um jake hubs uh has a a very important point he says he's confused about the chicken salad sandwich <laughs> well james let me ask you what did i text you prior to that flyers game you on texted me a chicken salad sandwich and if, if i'm wondering why the flyers lost in game seven i think the now chicken we know. salad sandwich could have played a role all right fair enough it's still my favorite thing it's interesting that how many people have thought that's crazy that that's my favorite like if someone said a hoagie was the best like food for a big game i don't think anybody would push back on that right it's just I mean, a it's, super weird thing to eat for a game eh, i don't think it is it's a it's a sandwich right. or a hoagie right. like <laughs> right. we'll just uh we'll let it slide by let it slide by All right. um uh i a bunch of letters yeah um, i put this one specifically on there uh let's it's see like, ready what are, what i'm gonna go as quick as i can B S K O A V D K D O N S K N E Y B S N X T N D B E B. What up? Boom. Do you think he just typed random letters in, or do you think that like <laughs> is code for something? I think it's something. I think it's something. Okay. Don Skaney stuff. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, All right. Stuff. Well, appreciate the five star reveal. <laughs> Um, he wants to know, has any GM reached out to media members since there were no preseason games? Um, I don't I, – I, I, look, I think GMs are always kind of interacting with media yeah. members, right? Well, I'll let you know this. You'll know someone reached out to me if Pax and Lynch get signed. That's yes. when you'll be like, yes. all right, we, we, know, we know which GM reached out to Elliot. If they sign Pax and Lynch and Jordan Matthews, you'll know something's up. Uh, so J-Dog go. Diddle uh, left an awesome, super nice review. Uh, and suggest more curse words. Elliot, what do you think about that? I'm anti-curse word in general. Like, so uh, I have a brother that I just moved into Temple and is now moving out of Temple. But uh, when I was in eighth grade when he was born, and so like there was a stretch of my life where I would listen to censored music because he was around. And I think censored music is better than non-censored music. Like I get that's oh, a, a lame take, but I don't know why. So yeah, I'm, I'm anti the curse word. Yeah. Look, the way I look at it is like, we've had a lot of people tell us they listen with their kids or in the car with their family or whatever. And it's like, you know, sometimes there's a time and a place for it. And I, and sometimes you just have to let it fly. But if it's, you know, worth not screwing up some parents day, uh, right. You know, as a parent myself, I can uh, I can get down with that. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? All right, a uh, couple more to get to. Uh, Slamming Sammy the Man uh, says that you were talking up Jalen Hurts more than Carson Wentz. Outrageous, though you did. Uh, you were pretty pretty positive about Wentz earlier. Well, so. to me, yeah, I was positive about Wentz yeah. earlier. I also think, like again, <laughs> like it was preseason. All right, not preseason, it's training camp. Like we know what Carson is, kind of, and I think I've give, given good reports. But this is my first time seeing Jalen Hurts, so it was just impressive to see him in person, see how quick he is, just see you know how kind of like big he is while also having speed, and then what he can do as a passer. So um, yeah, that you know it is what it is. Yeah. We, we have to be able to talk about Jalen Hurts. Like they drafted him, I didn't draft Jalen Hurts. Well, I did in my fantasy league, but I did not. I was <laughs> not the reason the Eagles drafted. All right, uh, speaking of Jalen, how about the other Jalen or one of the other Jalens? We're full of Jalens. Uh, Adi Dona uh, from Nicely Tennessee done. as well. Shout out! We got. I guess we're huge in Tennessee. That is uh, very well, cool. That was that was where you got. Uh, you know, we had our. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was Rock, where we, got, we hung would, out. We, we did hang out. Yes, and yeah. Rocky Top, all that good stuff. Uh, all right, uh, he says. Uh, Do you think Jalen Mills can be the long term answer at safety, Elliot? From what you've seen, I know you've been positive so far, but is this uh, something that could stick long term? Yeah, so much so I would try to sign Jalen to an extension right now. Whoa, I think his, buddy. his value at the end of the year is going to be higher than it is now. Um, I think he's going to be a playmaker. And so, yeah, I think he can definitely be the long-term answer at safety. Wow. All right. I hope you are right about that one. Um, all right. Uh, last one. Uh, is this from Eddie Shore Parks? Is this your dad or cousin? No. Who is this? So- <laughs> First of all, I would bet my life there's no shore parks out there that I don't know. There's only three shore parks in yeah, this world. So not, my, not, me, yeah. no. But no. one of my favorite hypotheticals I've seen in a very long time. I'll be interested to see what your take on it would be. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to like it, but go ahead. All right, so would you trade Carson Wentz for Michael Thomas in a first-round pick? No. 
It's a good offer, though. It Michael is. Thomas it's had intriguing. to get paid. You know, if Michael Thomas were on a rookie deal, maybe um, you'd consider it more. But no, I can't do that, especially because the Saints right. pick at the back of the round. But it's an interesting thought. And then and you I get li- Jalen Hurts with Michael Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. Anyway, uh, thank you to everyone. Uh, Glassmania yes. 12 and Tay Tay 8. 301 and Billy dude uh, 11. Yeah. Uh, Sam can, Eagle Super Bowl curate yeah. Herbzilla, Jason Nowakowski. Boom. There you go. I nailed it. Thank you very much. Sean 40 from 44 Molly Doe, Brian Saville and in underscore B. <laughs> so. I'm happy you have to read these names and not yeah. me. Well, thank you. Whatever. I'm, it means a lot. It really does. So uh, keep, right. keep rating and reviewing the pod. It does mean a lot to us. Elliot, uh, we'll be back later in the week, of course, to preview Washington, uh, Philly, and then we'll do uh, a full breakdown of the whole week once late later. But uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Well, I think we can all agree. Is this being a late night pod? Like staying up late sucks. I stayed up too late on Friday night. I was literally tired until like midday today because of it. Um, I think the appropriate time to look at bedtimes is before nine o'clock is too early. Nine to 10 is early. 10 to 11 is the appropriate time. Post 11 is late. That would be my breakdown. I am 100% with you. Boom. Uh, I have two more podcasts to record tonight. So. I'm jealous of you, um, but <laughs> at yes. least you got the most important one out of the, out oh, of the way first. I, you know, I got to do what I got to do. You know, I, I prioritize <laughs> Elliot. You know how it is. Um, all right, um, this is fun, man. We'll be back. Uh, looking at week one, a lot of people are nervous about week one. Um, we'll dive into that Washington game and how big a, a issue the offense, the defensive line is going to be. That Chase Young versus Jason Peters matchup would be fascinating. Um, we'll dive into it all and uh, look at week one, all that later in the week so uh thank you again to everyone who rated review the podcast congratulations to the amazing aaron who's married now um and uh, again keep rating and review the pod we appreciate it thank you to long friend time friend for our song for elliot i'm james we'll talk to you guys later